Yo, what's up, guys? We are the White Potatoes. The only way to catch this big fish was to feed it a golden onion ring like Beef and I. <laughs> That's how you catch us. <laughs> anyway, if you couldn't tell from that second show, we're uh, covering the film Big Fish. Yeah. That's all I got. Cool. That's the whole show. <laughs> no. All right, see you guys. Um, what's up, guys? I'm Steven. I'm James. And we are the, the Right potatoes. potatoes. Back again with another sick fucking episode for you. I'm William Shatner. Anyway, uh, this one actually came up from our our listener, Nancy. Number one fan. The Nancy. The Nancy. Yeah. I don't know about number one, dude. We still got Jimmy. He's about us. You got to fight Nancy for Russ. top spot. And Russ. Yeah. I don't know. Round Robin. Maybe that's just a table they all sit at. <laughs> <laughs> the only listeners. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, we got like 20. All right. We got pretty solid. We got like a 25 or 30. Okay? Yeah. A solid handful. I'm just saying. A good handful, you know? Fucking thank you. Yes. <laughs> that's you. Whoever you are. Thank you. Keeping the lights on over here. So this one was uh, recommended, by the way, from Nancy. Um, I believe she was saying that it reminds her of her dad. Aww. And uh, it was, uh, I think, the anniversary of her pop's passing. So uh-huh. condolences, of course, Nancy. Love you. And that's why she asked us to cover it. So we're fucking, we're doing the damn doing thing. It. We're making it happen, baby. Just for you, Nancy. All right. Well, I'll go ahead with the info. Let's do the info. Big Fish was released on January 9th, 2004, and was directed by Tim Burton. The film stars Ewan, Ewan, is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. Ewan McGregor, Albert Finney, Helena Bonham, uh, Billy Crudup, and Matthew McGregory, or McGrory, McGrory. Grory. Mc, Mike Lowry. <laughs> the film had a budget of $70 million USD and went on to make $123.2 million Ooh, in the box bad, office. Which is almost double. Minor flop. <laughs> you almost made it there. But when I saw the budget, I was like, damn, that's a fucking fat budget. It is. But then I realized who uh, <laughs> directed it. Who could get the money out. Yeah. So, at least he made it back. Yeah. With a little more. Here's a synopsis. When Edward Bloom, when Edward Bloom, Albert Finney, becomes ill, his son, William, Billy Crudup, travels to be with him. William has a strained relationship with Edward because his father always told exaggerated stories about his life. And William thinks he has never really told the truth. Never really told the truth. Even on his deathbed, Edward recounts fantastical anecdotes. When William, who is a jur- when William, who is a journalist, starts to investigate his father's tales, he begins to understand the man, and his pen penchant, 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 and his penchant for storytelling. Oh, how the fuck you pronounce that? I've never even heard that word. I don't know. Let's find out what that means. But uh, I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty good synopsis. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Um, penchant. Let's see. Does that have a pronunciation here? Penchant. 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 A strong or habitual liking for something or tendency to do something. Oh. He has a penchant for adopting stray dogs. Oh. Sounds like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that's your word for the day, guys. Make sure you use it sometime today. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good synopsis. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty straightforward. Um, what's cool is that you actually get... It doesn't mention Ewan McGregor, but basically that's Albert Finney as a kid, and yeah. you get to see the life that he... I wouldn't even say kid. Just as a younger adult, um, and that's who's playing... You see playing through all of these stories the that he's telling. Yep, thank you. Thank you for words, because <laughs> <laughs> I don't always have them. <laughs> um, 
Here's a quick statistic so you guys know what we're looking at. Tomato meter gave it a 75%. This is an average rating of 7.2 out of 10. Total ratings, 220. It's 166 being fresh, 54 being rotten. Audience gave it an 89%. This is an average rating of 4.2 out of 5. Total ratings, more than 250,000. That's a lot. IMDb yep. gave it an 8 out of 10. Metacritic gave it a 58%. And then 79% of Google users like this movie. Those are fucking sporadic as shit. <laughs> but uh, I was actually really surprised at like, the Metacritic and the yeah. Google users. Um Metacritic, super low, 58. God dang. And then 79% of Google users. I thought actually it would be higher. I thought it would be like 90s maybe for yeah. Google users. But um, I guess that's just, it is what it is. I think you know? it might be because like the Tim Burton was like, this ain't no Tim Burton. Yeah, it could be it. But I kind of like the movies where he's not Tim Burton. Being Tim Burton. Yeah, not being. Now, <laughs> yeah. he's just, now he's just so far leaning into yeah. the legend of Tim Burton that everything he does about kind of looks the same which see and i liked like batman yeah. obviously that's kind of the tim burton i was into i never really i think it was just because i wasn't really allowed to watch like uh a nightmare before christmas when mm-hmm. i was younger um i never really got into it so the a nightmare before christmas corpse bride stuff like that i never never paid attention to huh. so yeah but everyone else does that's like their shit even beetlejuice i i, never, I, I don't know if i've even seen Beetlejuice, like what? The whole way through, you know what oh. I'm saying? I think I've like pieced it together, but I uh-huh. don't think I've ever sat and watched the whole <laughs> fucking movie. Well, you should. Maybe I will. Maybe you should. should. Don't fucking don't threaten me with that. So, should, should we do some <laughs> Beetlejuice, dude? Maybe that's the next one. Maybe. 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 Maybe you could be the next one for us to do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump into critics' positive reviews. Critics positive reviews. Tim Burton's lone outstanding heartfelt film of the last two decades may not seem like the natural fit for the horror-tinged Over, but in some ways it's his most intimate intimate personal movie. Ooh, yes. I do like that. Which I, I would agree, 100%. Yeah. His uh, ex-wife is in it. For sure. Looks great. Shouts out. Always. Bellatrix Lestrange. Baby. Dude, she looks disgusting in that movie, and she can fucking get it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is, dude. I think she's, she's like, in, she, in the film, she's one of my favorite characters. Uh-huh. I just love her, dude. She 100% can get it. <laughs> and Azkaban, dude. Ooh, I would suck her soul out. Oh. <laughs> Dementors, dude. Disguised as one floating in there. <laughs> oh there's something wrong with us but that's okay <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and then i interrupt you like i'm the one who's reading him <laughs> all right dude two this is a film with heart from beginning to end a heartwarming tale about love and family and a father and son and that sometimes it's very hard to separate the fact from fiction but then sometimes it doesn't really matter does it Ooh, amen dude yeah that's good Number three, when it catches fire, it, this great-looking movie offers hilarious diversions, and as father and son struggle towards a hard-won, a hard-won reconciliation, Big Fish reveals its beating heart. Ooh, so good. Yes, I like that. These, dude, these are solid reviews. These, these are good ones. <laughs> good job. Big Fish, Big Fish really belongs to Alfred Finney, who proves that when it comes to large performances, there is no one who can quite match a British Shakespearean with a good camera sense. Huh. Well, I didn't know he had one, but thanks Neither. for telling us. And last number five. Uh, 
reliant more on powerful familial emotions than wacky splendor. Big Fish treads as close to our real world as Tim Burton ever could. A melancholy dissection of parental distance and never truly knowing how many lives those we love can truly affect. Ooh, that's good. All those were solid, dude. Yeah. Those were very solid. Well, let's go for the critics negative and see if they can even have see good negatives. Bad. <laughs> critics negative reviews. Number one, there's a covert tyranny in the strive in the strived for moral behind this film, which evidently sees itself as a worthy ode to the redeeming value of storytelling and the shaman art. Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Those are weird words. Number made two. Into a sentence. <laughs> hmm, there's words yeah, here. I know a few of those. <laughs> Number two. For all the story's twists, there's no real surprises. The ending is obviously obvious ten minutes in, and Burton's flourishes of self satisfied frippery what's frippery? Annoy as much as they amuse. Okay. Frippery, is that Frippery. a Frippery. I wanna look that up too. Maybe that's the <laughs> second word of the day. <laughs> um let's see. Frippery. Pronounced. Frippery. Frippery. Showy or unnecessary ornament in architecture, dress, or language. You could have just said that. Yeah, why didn't you just fucking say that? Frippery. That's a fun word. I might use that. Okay, anyway. Number three. This film doesn't so much reject history as selectively rewrite it to its own reactionary, even offensive ends. Ooh, what's offensive? When he's in China, probably. Uh, or in Korea. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. This might perhaps be just about tolerable were the film funny, illuminating, insightful, or moving. It is not. It's all of those things. It is. And you are wrong. You are stupid, fucking idiot <laughs> loser. No. <laughs> Number four. Burton shows the rivalry between father and son, but not the rancor, which seems to fit with the film's calm lyricism. But the father-son conflict is meant as the dramatic crux, and a forceful actor would have given it some much-needed bite. Oh, okay, so you, that sounds like more of a just a dig at the actors. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I thought it worked out fine, but that's okay. Uh, number five, the story of the movie is disjointed and unaffecting, and what we remember are all all the little moments. Their visual splendor, their joyful flights of fancy. Which I, I would agree, if you really think about this movie, the visuals yeah, are just phenomenal. Um, the story is solid, though, so I don't really get what the problem is, but... Um, I don't know. Disjointed and unaffecting. I don't know. I felt, I felt moved. I think it's maybe because of like, the different kind of styles. Yeah. Where Could it goes be. into like his dad's quote unquote imagination about what happened. Mm-hmm. It changes up a little bit and then it goes back into the real world. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know. I still like it. Same. It's got an overlying tone that's uh, just be thankful really for what you have kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all you need to know. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go audience positive now the audience positive reviews film is beautifully shot and features captivating performances from its talented cast including ewan mcgregor and albert finney it tells a poignant tale of love loss and the power of storytelling to connect us to the people who the people we love with its imaginative visuals charming characters and emotionally resonant themes big fish is a must-see film that will leave you feeling inspired and uplift and uplifted Ooh, i like that yeah that makes you. That's where like the whole family stories and shit come in. Mm-hmm. I really like that. 
that's cool. Same. Like stories that get passed down and stuff. Yeah. I don't have too many of those, unfortunately, even though my family's like from all over the fucking place. Yeah. Like basically I, I know that, well, at least like on my dad's side, like the family immigrated over here when my dad was still a kid. Mm-hmm. And then that's basically it. They worked here ever since and did the whole school system, all that shit. Yeah. That's basically all I got. But like on my mom's side, I don't have much. I just know that I'm related to Lizzie Borden, which is kind of cool. How? Um, it's like, <laughs> how? it's, um, so I think it's my, my grandma's great, great aunt or something like that uh-huh. was maiden name fucking Borden. Ooh. So something like that, which is really cool. Um, because also the guy who discovered the serial killer gene was related to Lizzie Borden on her dad's side. Uh-huh. So I'm related to some fucking famous dude. So out there. what you're telling me is. I gotta keep a watch on you. It could be an axe murder. <laughs> it could be. Could give I, me a dude, 40, if, 40 wax. Dude, what if I had the serial killer gene, had no fucking clue, and like just went off the rocker one day, dude? I, I'd go back to episode 151 and be like, we figured this out. <laughs> we knew. We figured we this out it. 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yep, Steven just finally lost and his fucking mind. <laughs> and that's when he snapped. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about big fish. Yeah. <laughs> it's like crazy. Oh, shit. Number two, Tim Burton's visual, visual aesthetics and McGregor and Finney's large, strong performances make this heartfelt, excellent cinematic piece of congenial experience for both teens and adults. Oh, I like that. That's kind of fun. Number three, the movie is amazing. The script may even seem confusing to some, but the story is exciting and gives curiosity to those who watch. For Star Wars fans, the movie has a very enjoyable... <laughs> will be very enjoyable for Ian McGregor's acting. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's the only other thing I really know him from, you know? Yeah. Star Wars. So Moulin Rouge. You ever seen Moulin nope. Rouge? Oh my Lord. I saw, uh, I saw like scenes from it. Mm-hmm. Obviously Christina Aguilar. <laughs> right? No. Different one. Yep. Which one I'm thinking of? Oh, I'm thinking of burlesque. Burlesque. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Moulin Rouge. Nope. Not a single time. (laughs) Oh my Lord. Who is this guy? Yeah. Is it good? It's pretty good. Is it's, it is it like burlesque? It's musical. I mean that's fine, but it they're chicks. <laughs> no, <Nah>, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, I'm not watching it. <laughs> uh, number four, a wonderful humane humane movie, humane movie about reconciliation and coming to understanding, and about who we want to be is sometimes more real than anything else. Ooh, that's solid. Good job for you. Yeah. And last one, number five. This is so imagin- imaginative and wholesome. It, remi- it reminds me of my granny. One of the mo- best magical realisms I've seen. Ooh. Magical realism. I kind of yeah. like that. I love that. The fact that he's like... The storytelling anyway. Yeah. I, I love the way he tells stories. Yeah, like, so yeah, they're all dude. fantastical. and then well, Yeah. With a hint of truth. Yeah. As we find out in the end. Yeah. Because all the people fucking show up. That's when I was... Yeah, when I... F- I I only I seen this this is probably my third time watching this movie. Yeah, I've I seen it like for the first time within the past few years. Oh shit! Yeah. See, my first time watching it, I didn't really understand it, um, because I was fucking like what ten, mm-hmm. eleven. Like I was really I was a lot younger. Didn't yeah. really understand it, but yeah, watching it this time, much better. I actually think I like it more now than I did back then. Yeah, I just remember it being good. I enjoy I just, it because I know like it hit me in the the emotional feels. Yeah, it hit me pretty hard, and I was like, "Oh god, I gotta watch this again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, hit him, you hit him with the beef. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's just like 
I love the end where it's just like, oh, he was telling the truth. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> I, I just like the, the realization that his son, like, yeah, like, fuck. I was a fucking dickhead. Pretty I love much. that because it's like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> it's just like, fuck you. <laughs> but it's, at least he had the, uh, he came around. Yeah. I like at the end too, like where he's like, no, I'll stay with him. Like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. It's like, ooh. So he's starting to, I don't know, kind of feel closer to him again. Yeah. I don't know. Really good ending, by the way. Really it's a great good. ending oh. to a movie. Brought me to tears. Yeah. Super fucking. Yeah, it was so good. Just, these, movie, these movies are pretty fucking depressing. It, it's depressing, but I was just like, I remember when I first watched it, and then he started telling him the story of his death. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, he's coming around. Yeah, <laughs> fuck, dude. Yeah, when he's, oh, that was probably the, I picked you up like you were weightless. The way that he, oh, fuck. Described it's everything, so yeah. It's so good. And now he has that story that he could pass down to his son. To that, like, this is this is how your grandfather passed away. Yeah, this is literally it. And then, and then they'll probably grow up doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're fucking crazy, Dad. <laughs> that never happened. But, all right. Anyway, here's the critics' negative reviews to ruin our time. Audience negative reviews. Number one, it would be better more realism and perspective here. Uh, that was... Bad. It would be better with more realism and perspective here, maybe. Yes. Um, is imagination reality the mix of both a long movie, The Black Sheep in Burton filmography? Four out of this ten. This sentence that was is fucking... the black sheep in human existence. <laughs> what the fuck's going on here? That shit sucked. That was very fucking bad. Anyway, it. <laughs> if, if you're going to write a bad review, make sure that you Please get all your words right. use real words. Number two, I prefer a, <laughs> I prefer a fork in the eye. Oh lord, that takes out only a sense. Okay, make it also to detonate a few bombs on my ears. It would be bliss rather than going through this. What? That was pretty uh, dramatic. Good for you. <laughs> Number three, entertaining, not my style, but still entertaining. Okay, I like that. I don't really like mythical stuff. Definitely more entertaining than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Edward Scissorhands. Oh, fuck. It was also very racist. <laughs> Everybody in the movie was white, and the only Asians were doing karate. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, that's kind of funny. Anyway, okay. Well, I mean, I guess to this guy's point, uh, in all new movies... I mean, that's why you have different parties of every culture and everyone's being represented, my friend. Diverse group of people now. But, yeah, because we can't be... Uh, you can't not put somebody in there because then people can't like exclude. you yep. are going to be calling other people racist, no matter what. doesn't even matter. doesn't even matter if it's taking place in somewhere where there isn't somebody of a different ethnicity. Mm-hmm. We have to put them there because otherwise they're racist because of people like you. So... F- Fuck you. All right, anyway. Number four. The movie was extremely disappointing. The interesting vignettes. 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 Think, thanks, Beef. I can always count on you. I can always count on you. The interesting vignettes are never really brought together to make a point, and the movie seems to go endlessly without really moving in any discernible plot direction. The movie is visually very interesting, but looks like Tim Burton never really figured out what he wanted to do with the story. I think he figured it out, but yeah, he figured it out. Yeah. I think it, I mean, it came full circle. So I, I really liked how they started out at the beginning too. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you get like that tension between the father, son. Oh yeah. He's just like tired of his dad's stories. Yeah. But then it comes back and it's like, fuck, he came around. I love my dad for his stories. Yep. Amen. Amen, brother. 
All right, number five. Just too unusual for my taste and seemed like an awkward attempt to mesh fact with fiction, and I never made it through to the end of the film. Two stars. That's where it all comes together. That, that's it. That's what, yeah. That's the issue. I mean, I get it though. At least, at least you can admit it's not your taste. Uh huh. And like, that's a, there's a couple of them. Not my style, but still entertaining. Like that guy said until yeah. he went off on his fucking tangent. But uh, <laughs> I, I like when people can accept the fact. I mean, we do. Yeah. You know, we've watched movies and we're like, eh. Yeah, it wasn't a fan, but not good. But uh, you can still go see it. Make your own. Make your own judgment. It's a it's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's still weird though. Like, when did you watch it and? Why did you stop watching it? I'm just curious as to that. Yeah, you know? like when when did you like, man, I can't finish this and just turn it off. Like what point? At what point? I I actually like movies like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um Sucker Punch is another good one. It's like your I'm, fact with fiction. I've never seen that. You've never seen Sucker Punch? Nope. You would fucking love it, dude. Alright, well go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen Sucker Punch? Nope. Of all people, I feel like you would have been the guy. Nope. Well, way to fucking disappoint me. Well, I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of not good about it. Really? Yeah. From who? From Do you know, is there like uh, just friends? Or just friends like? like the internet. Oh. Well, the internet tells me what I what I should like. What and not you like. should think? Yeah. Yeah, they do a lot of that. But you should watch it. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm I'm kind of apprehensive because I like I like Zack Snyder, but he's sometimes he's all sizzle and no steak. You know. I get you. Because it looks it looks gorgeous. Uh, I know that. Oh, dude! It so, looks fun. This one, I mean, do you know what it's about? Yeah, I know, like, it's like she goes into, like, she witnesses a crime, and then she gets sent to this girl's home, and then it's all taking place in her head, pretty much, all the stuff. Yes, kind of. Essentially. It's like you, a heist. But you should, yeah, I'll let you borrow it. I have it. I'll let you, I'll send it home with you. Okay. You watch it, you let me know. I'll let you know. Because I actually, it's weird, because I actually like that movie. Yeah. Yeah, but it also has Emily Browning in it, so I might be biased. It got that. It got <laughs> Vanessa Hudgies, and she in it too. No, Frick. Uh, you know what? Give me I it. I can't remember. Give me it. Sucker Punch cast. Give me it all. What I tell you, right there. She is in it, huh? Oh, this is. I was thinking of Jenna Malone oh. too, but yeah, Emily Browning, dude. I was so into her for a second there. Super solid cast, though. Yo, it's got John Hamm, Oscar Isaac, Oscars Isaac. John Ham. John Ham. John Ham. All right, yeah, I'll watch it. All right, cool. Anyway, you know what else is cool though, guys? <laughs> fun facts with James, baby. And now, fun facts with James. That's me. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that was pretty. <laughs> the uh, the joke one. The, the joke with the elephant defecating while, while Edward daydreams was unscripted. <laughs> the filming crew found it hilarious and quickly zoomed out to get the whole thing. Yeah, dude. I noticed that. I was like, that fucking elephant is straight to <laughs> shit right next to him, dude. <laughs> Daniel Wallace, the author of the original book, appears as Sandra's economics professor at Auburn. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry. The witch's makeup <laughs> took approximately five hours to apply. Five hours. Yeah, I still, dude. It still amazes me. Like the, people could sit that long. Fuck. We're just like, I mean, yeah, I can't took, in like a car. Took fucking nine hours to put on. Like, why would you? Yeah, why would the you day's know? gone. Literally, like Jim Carrey, for yeah. example. No more. He's fucked up, dude. He did the Grinch. I just yeah, the day's wasted. Fuck, what the hell, dude? When young Edward Bloom is singing in the church, uh, 
and his voice breaks, the single note that we hear is actually Ewan McGregor singing. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of funny. Ewan McGregor was cast as young Ed Bloom when producers noticed a striking similarity between him and the pictures of young Albert Finney, who plays senior Ed Bloom. Ed Bloom. I was going to say, that is actually a pretty good uh, duo. Resemblance, there, yeah. yeah. French actress Marion Cotillard's first American feature film. Who's that? His wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's good. As a big fan of Tim Burton, Marion Cotillard slept with the film script under her pillow for a month until she got the part. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just manifested that shit, Hell dude. Yeah. Even though young Edward lands lands in Korea, the ventriloquist and his puppet speak t- what, Tagalog, the language of the Philippines. While the Siamese twins and Edward speak Cantonese, a Chinese dialect, the, the soldiers who pull off the ventriloquist are off the stage speak Mandarin Chinese, a language in mainland China and Taiwan, while the other soldiers speak in Korean. Dude, they're all fucking That's all over racist, the place. That's <laughs> racist. Yeah. Racist right there. Talking about racist, dude. You got fucking all of the all above these speaking. Languages. Yeah. Uh, when, when uh, what is that? Northern Winslow shows his half-finished poem to Edward. The grass is so green, sky so blue, Spectre is really great. The handwriting is director Tim Burton's. Ooh, that's kind of fun. Yeah. Helena Bonham Carter was pregnant during filming. She has kids? Yeah, of course she does. Oh, okay. I mean, I would have pl- <laughs> planned it for you, too. Hey! <laughs> during, uh, though the... Though the Circus Colossus, George MacArthur, is shown being dwarfed by Carl the Giant, Matthew McGrory, in reality, he's only three inches shorter. MacArthur is 7'3", and McGrory is 7'6". Or was 7'6". Creative camera angles and platforms were used to exaggerate McGrory's height. Fuck, that's tight. Yeah. Movie magic. But that's <laughs> crazy still. Those both two seven-foot people just standing right? next to each other. Three inches different. That's Dude. it. When Edward Bloom arrives at Spectre for the first time, Billy Ridden playing, uh, is playing the iconic song Dueling Banjos from Deliverance, in which he played Lonnie. Ooh, that's funny. <laughs> While Spectre is a fictional town, the zip code is shown, shown on the deed to Jenny's house is real. Uh, 36104 is one of the zip code codes for Montgomery, Alabama. You can, however, Google the town of Spectre and see, a pri- see the private island where the set is now abandoned. Oh, shit. Ooh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Three years is a prominent amount of time that the... That appears in the film on multiple occasions. For example, uh, it includes Will Will and his father Edward not talking to each other for three years. Edward mentioned that he had to stay in bed for three years. He worked for Callaway Circus for three years, and he mentioned that he had to stay in the army for three years. I did notice that. Yeah. The circus the circus fat man was played by famed side, sideshow attraction Howard Huge. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good name. I want that as my stage name, dude. Uh, Howard Huge. <laughs> his real name is Bruce Noden. Aww. Uh, Disappointment. This movie is his final performance as a professional fat man. He weighed... he His weight peaked at 712 pounds during his career, which spanned more than 25 years. Holy shit. When he died in 2009, he reportedly weighed only 609 pounds. Only? Fuck, can you imagine trying to get that guy into a fucking hearse? Like, <laughs> God dang. Everyone's going to be on steroids yeah. to lift that casket. <laughs> Everyone's just yoked. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> uh, Matthew McGrory, Carl the Giant, passed away two years after the film was released at the age of 32 from natural causes. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. People, I, I've noticed, though, like the fucking age, or like your your life declines pretty quickly when you're like that tall. seven foot yeah. eight, what, seven six. Mm-hmm. That's wild. 
Uh, Miley Cyrus has a small role in the film. Uh, has a small role as one of Edward's childhood friendship group. What? Yep. I am. She's a little girl. She's like, no, Edward. She only has. That's her only line. Wait. Was that the one when they go see the witch when they're kids? Oh no! Shit. Yeah, the little girl. It's Miley oh, it was, Cyrus. That was Miley Cyrus. Yep. Fuck, dude. Now I gotta fucking pull that up. <laughs> Tim Burton kept the ventriloquist dummy from the war sequences, and it's at his house. He named it Lang. That's fucking tight. <laughs> uh, Ada Tai and Arlene Tai, Ping and Jing, are twins, although not conjoined. They were attached at the hip and waist by, with a metal corset-like contraption to fit into a custom dress for their stage performance. They did. They did not do their own. They did not do their own singing. When their legs needed to appear on the camera, two of them were digitally removed. Oh. That's kind of fun. Uh, the animatronic Big Fish was transported to the river in Alabama where Tim Burton planned to shoot the closing, se- closing scene in which the fish swims around Billy Crudup's character. To move the fish around the water, the crew mounted a track that had been laid in the river, which would be which wound through a rural cotton field. It was very challenging to mount the five-foot-long heavy puppet on the track in a real river, recalled Shane Mc- McCann. Uh, Tim wanted to shoot at 7 o'clock in the morning. That's when Billy's, Billy Crudup was going to be out there, standing in that river. That meant we had to be out there at about 3 in the morning to set up and make sure everything was ready for ready by 7. We had we had to get into dry suits and scuba gear and, when, and then hoist the puppet into the water, set it into the track, and take all the stops out. We made sure the tail and rubber were working. We were, set, we were settling, setting... All of this up in the water in the middle of the night, in the winter, freezing cold, working in the dark. And the old farmer who owned the cotton field come out and said to us, Now you boys be careful and mind that alligator. We were thinking, oh great, there's an alligator too? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. After Edgar takes a beating uh, in the field of daffodils, the design on his tie is visible. A remarkably remarkably similar mirror image to the movie poster for The Nightmare Before Christmas. Christmas. I, you know, I kind of did see that. I, yeah. I was looking for him. I didn't watch, watch it. <laughs> I did kind of notice that. Um, yeah, I noticed on his tie, it had almost like the, uh, what's it called? The hill? Yeah. The hilltop. That's all I really, mm. I was like, oh, that's fun. The finished screenplay found its way to Tim Burton not, not long after his own father had died, striking an emotionally resonant note with him. Ooh, fuck. Yeah. That fucked me up. Even though Helena, even though Helena Bonham, Bonham Carter played a character 10 years younger than Ewan McGregor. In real life, she is five years older than him. Oh, shit. <laughs> Old ass bitch. Frequent, <laughs> frequent Tim Burton collaborator Johnny Depp was unavailable for the film due to his commitment to Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. However, Depp was able to stop by the studio during post-production and make an un- uncredited appearance as the voice of the catfish the younger Edward, Edward Bloom caught with his wedding ring. The day Will Bloom was born. What the fuck? That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. The idea to make the film came up shortly after the novel was released. Ooh, I never read it. Yeah. But I would. This film is the inspiration for the song How I Go by Yellow Card. Oh, no shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shouts out Yellow Card, dude. Hell yeah. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. In a deleted scene, Edward Bloom was arrested for stalking. Tim Burton said that as realistic as that scene was it's better for the character to come off as charming not as creepy yeah. <laughs> for scenes where Amos becomes a werewolf the crew also made an animatronic wolf puppet Danny DeVito who previously worked with Stan Winston with the Stan Winston crew on Batman Returns when we were working with Danny Saint, Shane McCann said he told us that 
when he had gone to do the voiceover sessions for Batman Returns for the Penguin, it was much harder for him to find the character without the makeup on. So we actually went to the sorry. So we actually went to the trouble of having the makeup put on uh, for the voiceover work, and it would help him get into the character. That was a big compliment to us. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Sometimes you do what you gotta do to get into the character, oh, baby. Yeah. The producers at Sony originally wanted Brian Cox for the role of Ed Bloom Senior, but when casting supervisor Denise Chamain or Chamain 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 I don't know, <laughs> sorry, was given the photos of Cox, she mistook them for Albert Finney and offered and offered him the part instead. By the time Sony realized the mistake, the film was too far into production to make any changes. Oh, that's kind of funny. Screenwriter John August read Daniel Wallace's novel when it was when it was in galley form. And immediately asked Columbia to snap up the rights to it. Ooh. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, seeing as they were playing the same character at different stages in their life, Ewan McGregor and Albert Finney worked with a dialect coach to ensure that their voices and accents match. The, the actors cemented their relationship by learning to fish together. Oh, that's cool. And lastly... That'd, that'd be fun. Yeah. It has never made clear which, uh, which death situation young, young Edward saw in the witch's glass eye. Uh, it's possible that he viewed the elaborate fantastical story that Will spins while Edward is on his deathbed, or that he simply saw Will himself telling that story. Yeah, you know what? You know what I thought of too uh-huh. is like maybe, maybe the story like where he talks about his death to his son or whatever. Yeah, it was like he told him like, "Oh yeah, I just die on my, you know, in a hospital deathbed, but you're there, uh-huh. something like that." What I was thinking is, like, maybe his son fabricated everything that he was talking about in the story. He's like, yeah, I lifted you up, blah, blah, blah. All those people were there. Uh-huh. Like, what if it was his son fabricating that story based on just, like, oh, yeah, you know, it was you. Like the doctor did for him. Yeah. Or he did for Or he did, yeah. Yeah, when he was born. Yep. Because it actually wasn't that fantastic. You just, he couldn't be in the, the room. Yeah. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be cool, though? Yeah. I think that'd be cool. It whatever, would be. Whatever, dude. Yeah, you don't, you don't like my ideas. Fuck off, babe. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I wouldn't be here three years later. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but you guys already know what it is. Make sure you're following us at the underscore right Wait, underscore. What's your score? Oh shit! Do we didn't give scores? Yeah, you're jumping ahead, okay. dog. You're jumping ahead. Wow, dude, we should have done that way earlier. What the <laughs> fuck? You threw off the rhythm, <laughs> not my groove. Threw me off my groove. <laughs> okay. Anyway, sorry. Um, so, Tomato Meter gave it a 75. Audience gave it an 89. I'll give it a 90. I'll jump right up there close to the audience. Uh-huh. Um, super solid movie. Like I said, when I was younger, I, I probably would have given it like maybe an 85, 80, based on what I remember. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, I think it's better than I remember. So I'm going to go 90. I was going to stay 92. 90? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, I, I, super solid movie. I like the fact that it is Tim Burton, but it's not Tim Burton. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Tim Burton-esque, I guess. Um, super good. Go see it if you haven't. If you haven't seen it do so uh the nancy thank you so much for giving this as a suggestion as well and we want to know your score so tell us um but other than that make sure you guys are following us on instagram at the underscore ripe underscore potatoes and you can follow us over on our personals over at x chief underscore beef x and comic x steve later later this has been a ripe potatoes production